Imagine a world where you knew that you mattered and you belonged. The people cared about you because we were so darn good at listening to one another, no matter how different we are. That is what Sidewalk Talk is doing by putting listeners on sidewalks all over the world so that we can practice the art of connecting. Join me, founder and director Tracy Rubel, as I interview experts on the fine art of human connection and interview some of our volunteers who've been listening on the sidewalk and even some of the folks that we've listened to. And if you want to volunteer, consider joining us at sidewalk-talk.org. Janelle Hill. I found out about Janelle because I was noticing all these really cool Street Connect videos on social media. And here Janelle goes out and sits down with a stranger and not only listens, but records it and gets them to be on camera with her. So a little bit about Janelle. Janelle was born and raised in Boston, Massachusetts and Antigua, West Indies, but she considers herself a New Yorker now because she moved there in 2005 and the energy and the life of the city feels like a part of her. She has a fantastic partner who brings out her awesomeness and she is the mom of four beautiful kids who not only give her life and try to sabotage it at the same time, and she gives a massive amount of her time to Street Connect while she was pursuing her master's degree in psychological counseling and subsequently became a life coach. This is when really her interest in human connection and starting Street Connect took shape. And we're going to listen and hear more about Janelle in this conversation. Can't wait for you to meet Janelle Hill from Street Connect. So Janelle Hill, you know that I had to reach out to you when I saw what you were doing in New York City because mm-hmm. I figured we were birds of a feather. We flock together. <laughs> you sit on sidewalks and listen in your own way. Can you bring us into who you are and what you're doing out on the street? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I approach strangers um, to have kind of meaningful, open and honest conversations with them on um, park benches, usually. Um, The project or my series is called Street Connect. And it's just a way of trying to acknowledge and create space, um, spontaneous space, essentially, for people to be seen and heard and to share vulnerable, um, beautiful moments with um, each other, people who are strangers unexpectedly. So you're spontaneously going out and approaching strangers. You also video that conversation, right? I do, do. (laughs) which adds like a different dynamic of um, vulnerability for sure, because there are some people who definitely would be willing to talk to me, but not willing to be on video. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's also different because, I mean, I'm not in this day and age of like so much social media, I'm not really an, a very like active poster. Um, so I'm also not like so excited to be in front of the camera. 
but I felt like there was something, there's something beautiful for like an expanding, um, for not just like the two of us who are sitting on a bench talking, but for people to be able to like witness that and get a full lens into that. And I think you can hear, you can pick up a lot just from people's voices, but seeing body language, kind of the discomfort or when someone leans into me or when they pull back, um, I think adds to kind of the richness of um, a connection being displayed. So I'm hearing that there's something very vital about having an impact on the world where connection is being witnessed, not just between you and this person that you've met on this bench, but you're wanting more people in on the action. Why, why do you think you were called to do this? What is this about you? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, you know, as I really thought about like talking to you, our conversation, I really tried to like unearth what it is, like why I felt drawn to this. And I, and I kind of was like hard pressed um, to figure that out um, because I feel like it's been something or is something that's like always been in me. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that I could try, like that I could point to that maybe it was this, was kind of like this feeling of being like misunderstood, which I think is um, a sense or a feeling that so many of us have like growing up that I felt very strongly when I was younger. Like this, like not being understood, not really being seen or known. Um, there was kind of a lot of uh, betrayal and bitterness in my like developmental years. And I think as I healed from that and like continuously heal, essentially, um, that I realized the importance of um, seeing people, you know? Um, So I guess my life experiences and the goods and the bads of that have brought me to this place of being able to like be vulnerable for me to be vulnerable, like open and honest, and to see the importance of offering that to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I almost hear that you are showing up as the change that you had wanted in your own life. Like you're showing up in the way that you would have wanted someone to show up for you. Is that, am I getting that right? Um, I think so. Um, but I'm doing, so... I think it's important to me because of what I went through. Mm-hmm. I had people that did show up for me, yeah. though. Um, so it's not, I don't think the work that I'm doing on, um, on the streets would have like dramatically, ne- necessarily dramatically changed my life back then. Um, but it's my offering kind of back to the streets of New York City, to the world, um, to create as many pockets of um, acknowledging people's existence, purpose, their value as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like what I do is an effort to to see as many people as I can mm-hmm. as the one person that I am. 
and then to the the video of of it the video the videoing of it um allows the seeing that I'm doing to expand beyond me and the mm-hmm. other person. So then other people also have the same lens of seeing that person. And I think as we hear and see other people's stories that like it changes us a little bit and opens us up to be willing to see people differently and to hear more stories ourselves. So I'm really hearing that you wanna have this ripple effect that you want this to spread out and that more and more people are willing to see people and value their existence, see for their sure. purpose and value them. Yeah, 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 for sure. Okay, that's really cool. Fast forward, I mean, so we talked about your past a little bit. Who are you today? Like what, what I imagine there are present day inputs that had you decide to maybe do something that some people think is odd, you know that I don't, but uh, other people <laughs> might. <laughs> You know, I should assume you have a family. I mean, what, 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 what do people that are in your life think about this that you do? <laughs> I think um, now that I've been doing it for a couple of years, um, I mostly, I think across the board, I have the support of the people who are in my life. Um, my mom was probably the most skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> what, I mean, how did you even... How does that conversation happen? Like, what did you say to your mom when you were going to go do this? (laughs) I was just like, you know, mom, like, well, you know, originally, if I'm being like honest or telling the origination story of like how I got out on the streets. Yeah. Well, I don't, I'm not out on whatever. How I, how I started going out was, um, in my practice of, of, um, exploring being a life coach. Um, I thought about how I wanted to like present the world Mm -hmm. and the idea of me like talking to a camera and being like, oh, these are my thoughts on X, Y, and Z. Like didn't, because I don't like to be in front of the camera, didn't like appeal to me so much. Um, But I still felt like it was important to, to show up in that way in this social media age, I guess. Um, so originally when I was going out, it was kind of as a way to like promote myself as a person who is able to show up and create space for people kind of. Um, and then as I did it, I was like, forget that, like, forget the promotion of self. Like there's something else here. You know, there's something like beautiful and real if I can go into this like without an agenda, you know? And I'm a person who loves agendas so much. <laughs> like really? I love being, yeah, I like to be like I like to know what I'm doing. I like to be like in control of my time and my space. Um and but I realized that if I had like a checklist or like a kind of I need I need to make sure that I share these tips about you know what this person is saying or like speak these words or whatever um that if I did that it took away from me being able to be actually present with the person Mm -hmm. um so as I did away with some of those things and didn't think about it as like promoting myself or 
um, yeah, showing up in a particular way, I was able to be like more genuine, more vulnerable, more focused to really like lock in on the person and realize the beauty that was there, the sacred space that was there between two people who were seeing each other for the first time. Um, so isn't that, fun? isn't that funny? I mean, I'm hearing that this, the agenda actually allowed for more of that sacredness to come forward. And yet we're trained as coaches and therapists to have an agenda in some, some instances. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, for me, it kind of got in the way, you know, it sounds like it's, it sounds like it's more vulnerable in a way. I mean, I can imagine, I'm, I'm sort of feeling into what you've said about, I like to have an agenda, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of putting myself in your shoes, imagining that space a little bit and realizing, yeah, I get that place in me too. And that yeah. there's something kind of vulnerable about not having one anymore. And I, yeah. so I empathize with why pe- a lot of people don't want to let them go, you know? Yeah. Because you're being brave, you're you're saying, "Hey, I, I'm going to step out of my comfort zone here and 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 not need to know and just hold this sacred space with you." Right, right. I think it's you're hard helping work. me clarify something inside of me that I didn't, I, I totally, I didn't totally get. But it's it's good to listen to you and kind of kind of hear that in you. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So, do you, tell me more about your. What else do you just do this all day long? Do you make money yeah. at it, or do you do you I, do other things in your life? I will, I will tell you all about my life. My life, <laughs> is like, it's so funny because um, I'm like, whatever. Basically, I am a mom of four young people. Um, my kids are six, eight, ten, and twelve. Um, so like I try to start my day like with quiet, um, before I, you know, me and my husband have to wake them up, but you know, life is full, um, as, as it can be when you have children, whether you have one or more than four. So (laughs) whether you have more than one, (laughs) uh, you know, so, um, so I have four kids and I am also like a dance teacher in um, New York City. So I've been doing, I've been teaching dance for about uh, 14 years now. And um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I keep an agenda and a schedule for my life, but I mean, doing Street Connect and having kids has really definitely taught me um, that spontaneity is kind of the spice of life because there is like there's nothing predictable about like being a parent and there's nothing predictable about um talking to strangers either (laughs) um so but I think with all of the things that I do and those are only like a couple of hats that I wear like being a mom being a wife being a teacher um being a connector that like in all of the things that I do and I like to do a lot of like fun stuff like my friends and my community is like super important to me um but staying grounded and like connected to like the core essence of who I am Mm -hmm. um as I've like laid out 
like the most important aspects that really are unique to me um, is kind of the most important thing. And I think it was a couple of years ago, really, that I came into this like um, realization of how important connection was to me. Mm-hmm. Um, the last church that I was a part of, their mission was um, to connect people to God um, themselves and each other. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing that I felt like resonated with me more. I was like, yes, that mm-hmm. is my mission. That's my life, you know, life work. And um, I think like tapping into that really helped to define like what makes my life like full or busy and make decisions about like what's important at different stages of my life. You know, like, does it connect to my core? Mm -hmm. Can I fit this in? Um, Which is essentially like how I'm able to manage the, the, the like, uh, the busyness of my life. If it can connect to my core, then it can give me energy rather than taking it away. So then it um, doesn't feel as daunting or draining, you know? I think it's such a beautiful um, sort of thing to highlight the way you sort of introspectively listen inward to whether something makes you feel full or is it just busy for the sake of busy because I think we're all caught up in that aren't we I mean I know I am Mm -hmm. and I think there's something really beautiful about you letting us peek in and and kind of see how you discern right where you're going to put your energy and that really at the core for you I'm hearing you say that I've gotten so in touch with my essential nature, which is so closely aligned to creating connections with God, self, and other, that it's me dedicating time towards things that move in that direction rather than just yeah. things that fill up my time. Right, exactly. And letting go of the things, you know, that don't, because there can there are so many things that are good, but maybe not good for us or good in this season, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, parent, teacher, like parent responsibilities at my kid's school, which like I can do and I feel excited about, but I'm like, can I actually balance this right now? You know what I mean? This is something that is exciting to, sh- to show up. But, but then like, so sometimes it's like, well, like I can't actually take this on right now because I can't balance it or I can't figure it out. And then there are other times when I've said yes to being like the class parent because of what, how it will help my relationship with my kids, you know, which is right. important. Like connecting. So then it, but then it comes back to connection again, is what I'm right. hearing you say. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I hear you, I hear this underlying mission, right? That here's this essential nature in you that values connection, that you want other people to value it too. Am I getting that right? Is I I definitely do. Um, I what would def- be different about our world if we all were doing a little bit more of orienting towards these values of connection with ourselves, with each other, with God, or whatever version of God we define as? Mm. I think we would see people better. Like if we valued connection, all of us, consistently um i think we would make less judgments 
and assume better intentions like from other people like I think sometimes because of like the busyness of life and because we're so focused on like doing our tasks that when somebody interferes with our bubble or our sphere we assume that they are trying to harm harm us or like get in our way in some in some fashion Mm -hmm. um but if we didn't come in with that kind of like assumption but like had at our forefront like connection and seeing people like truly seeing people then we'd be able to like make up more reasons like why somebody is coming into our sphere and Mm -hmm. we would we'd be able to be more kind i think more genuine we would be more happy um okay so i want to learn something from you around this okay (laughs) i i mean i agree with you but the, the, the impact seems so positive. Why do you think we're not doing it? Why are we so obsessed with doing over connecting? And we're willing to forego all of these positive outcomes that you just listed of kindness and assuming better intentions and just feeling better throughout our day and not assuming the worst or judging people. Yet we still do the crappy thing. <laughs> it's so scary. It's scary. It's hard. We're not all bought into this idea. So it's vulnerable and sometimes dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because we get hurt, you know? Like, and there's so many other different dynamics that I think play into like not choosing connection for us. Like, there's mental illness, there's racism. You know what I mean? They're just like the, the myriad of things that get in the way that block us from actually chasing after the good thing um so mm-hmm. it takes it takes a lot of um i guess work like humility and um vulnerability to to chase after this kind of like connection wholeheartedly well it sounds like courage if it's dangerous right for sure for sure. Have you, have you ever had anything scary happen? Um, well, when I'm out talking to people, right? That's what, <laughs> I've had so many scary things. I, I'm sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, yeah. in your in your in your yeah, yeah, yeah. when you're inhabiting that space, whether it's yeah, yeah, yeah. street connect or whether you're inhabiting that intentional space of connection outside right. of street connect, right. what have been those things that maybe have knocked you off of your humility and courage and intention stance? Um, um, there, there haven't, most of my experiences, like um, talking to people have been positive, I wanna say. Um, I think first because like I model vulnerability across the board in my life. Like I'm very much like an open book. Um, And I think people can sense that when they encounter me. So like people like jump into that space of vulnerability with me. Mm -hmm. Um, There was though, like at least one experience that I can think of 
where like I approached somebody and I was kind of skeptical about approaching them. It was an older, much older, I will say, um, much older white gentleman. And before I approached him, I had to really like um, unpack. He was sitting down on a bench near me and I had to really unpack like a lot of my preconceived notions about like older white men as a, am I middle-aged? I don't know, black woman, you know? And um, I, so like I I watched him for a while and then I was like, forget all this. I'm just going to jump in and go ahead and approach him, you know? And he was, he, he's like very happy to talk to me. Um, But during our conversation, it was like microaggression after microaggression. Mm -hmm. And he didn't do anything outrightly um, like racist or like harmful. He was pleasant, you know what I mean? But it was just a very hard conversation for me to have. Um, And for me to not stare in a particular way or like get (laughs) too upset or but to like be present and to hear him and to like try to hear his heart and also speak my truth. Um, And it was just, I have never been more tired after a conversation than I was after that one. Hmm. And um, so it like took a lot from me to stay in that space, to like stay present, to stay, for me to stay vulnerable when I was like being like assaulted essentially. Um, And for me to like still hold space for him and to show up. And um, so like that wasn't a dangerous situation or like whatever, but it was impactful in, um, in its essence, I guess. Why is that useful to put yourself in a space where you're going to be aggressed against and to keep your heart open there? Um, because it's, I guess, it showed me for myself that like, it's possible. I mean, and, I, and there are microaggressions all the time, but like, right. it's possible to like sit there to hold that and to still come out on the other side and be able to like repair myself. You know what I mean? And I think it was also an offering to him, the person I was talking to, um, that although I wasn't like, see, that's a microaggression and that and that and that. Um, but I think for him to sit with me and for me to not like shut him down or um, for me to call him out at some points, like, well, that, that perspective seems like interesting or like, have you ever considered looking at it from this way or whatever the case was that I was doing? I think that like he had many aha moments during our conversation as well. He's like, oh, wow. I've never considered that, you know, whatever. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. He he had some humility, it sounds like. He did. He did. He just didn't, he just didn't know how offensive 
like some of his comments were, you know, to say like, what about the people in the ghetto or like, what if, you know, I met these Latino guys and they were really intelligent and, you know, man, and I was just like, come on guy. Like, <laughs> um, well, it sounds like what you did is you moved out of being a caricature to being a human. Yeah. Because the minute you stayed there, you're saying to him, look, I, whatever these caricatures are and these tropes are that you've seen in the media or life or whatever, um, now we're humans. And it's hard to do that when you're sitting there in a heart-centered conversation. I think, yeah. and yeah. what I'm hearing is that's what you foisted upon him in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, 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 yes. And, um, and I think that's like our work, right? Like as connectors to like be present and honest and to like like you know like see people in that moment and like how we're changing how we're changed by um that space you know like it's an offering to the world i guess you know to the strangers or the people that we're talking to to be able to see them but then it's also a gift like it's a gift that we're providing and also a gift that we're receiving um, by by being human and being present and showing up in that way. Yeah. Is after situation, I certainly had my own situations uh, like the ones you're describing, and I'm curious how you take care of yourself after. What do you What do you do to? Because, and I'm sure I, I'm imagining not all of them do you want to show up for. Yeah. Um, but after a situation where you've been just exhausted by microaggressions or sometimes aggressive aggressions. Yeah. What are, what are your routines for sort of regrouping? Um, so most of my conversations I leave and I'm like, yeah. Um, but there, there are some that like I've definitely been drained from. Right. Yeah. And um, I think what's important to me as I offer something to the world or the streets is making sure that I also have sacred space to go back to. Mm. Um, and that sacred space is like held with individuals and like at, like at home, you know, or like at my friend's house. Like, so it's like physical space as much as like, I guess, spiritual or like um, emotional space. So um, when I had that conversation, usually I'll like talk to my husband or I have like a lot of close friends that I can like share the burden with essentially. Um, but my husband was out of town and I went to like my friend's house and just had a bowl of cereal and was like, this was so hard. <laughs> yeah. And I like kind of like shared it with her and she sat with me, listened. And then I, you know, I acknowledged the hardness of the space and then i took it easy for the rest of the evening so i didn't put like a lot of times i'll have like multiple conversations um multiple connections i guess when i go out intentionally 
Yeah. And after I had that one, I was like, all right, it's time to wrap up. I'm done. <laughs> so you really listened inward and knew that you you were done for the day. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I am tired. And, and you went it. and got some connection too. It sounds like yeah, that's part of your healing. Yes. To like re refill myself, you know, mm-hmm. like I paid attention to where I was and then was like, okay, now what do I need mm-hmm. from this? I don't want to go home and be like by myself. I'm an extrovert. So, um, I needed to, I needed some, something else that was safe and comfortable for me so that I could feel back to like my base, you know? Yep. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's really a great reminder for, for me and for the rest of us. Well, I mean, at least I am also an extrovert. And, and I do tend to refuel through connection. And I think it's a good reminder because I can get caught up in the thing that you just reminded us not to do, which is the doing. But it's the mm-hmm. connecting that fills us back up. It's so hard. It's so yeah. hard. You know, it's so, so hard to not just like get caught up in the doing, but to yeah. like, to try and but, focus on being, you know? But I think, but I'm hearing, that's your reason for being though. I feel like that's what you, that's the transformation that I hear you trying to create in the world. And I, I, I appreciate that you're really gentle with me and not being judgmental that I get caught in doing, but I also value the transformation that you're trying to put out there, which is look, if we were all orienting towards connecting as the first priority and not the doing, then the outcomes and the way that we feel is just so much better, right? Yeah. Darn darn making money and doing all the things gets in our way, I think. But. Yeah, it does. But uh, man, and maybe you can like, I mean, I'm sure you've like turned this over in your hands and your mind so much, but like, man, that is like hard work to not get like so caught up in the, in that, you know, in that, in that doing, in the, in the likes, in the, money and the you know figuring out the next steps and growing you know well i don't pay myself for any of my work doing this so it's not getting it's not getting caught up in any money i am I'm, I'm a little i'm a little burnt out right now as my uh, so that's probably but yeah um I'm feeling into what you're saying and, and, and wanting to not make it about me, but seeing how it's resonating inside of me. And, and please, I, please. I'm imagining that there is a desire for a transformation, not just in the world, but inside of you, that this might also be a practice because it is for me to stop being so caught up in doing because I'm terrible at it. So by doing this work, it's helping me have a set practice. For yeah standing in my truth and living it yeah it's super hard for me and I don't know if that's true for you too but I know that that is partly why I continue to invest in in listening because I I I know it's better for me but this keeps me accountable in a way I guess uh yeah I I couldn't agree more I think there are so many times like I I'm very aware of like the like I think you know the gift that it is to like hear somebody and to you know to allow people to just like speak, you know, and to listen. But like, I'm so much more aware of the gift that it is to me, you know, for me to stop and to like refocus and to like, um, to practice what I preach or what I believe, I guess. Yeah. Um, And to set aside time to do that. Because like, I think, um, 
I do it. You know, I talk to people all the time. I'm always like, you know, whatever. (laughs) But, um, but to say, okay, from, you know, 12 to two on, uh, on a Thursday afternoon, I'm carving out this time to go and like, be nervous because every time before I talk to people, I'm super nervous when I'm like approaching people, you know, to to practice like courage in the approach, to practice like presence and listening and to not like, to practice not getting caught up on like being so fast to share my story as I do like with my friends, you know, they say something, I'm like, yeah, 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 like that. But to like quiet myself and um, like focus in on being present is like is a is a practice that has expanded my life you know and my soul and my purpose more and more and more the more mm-hmm. i do it i feel like the better um kind of person the more kind of like grounded i am i guess mm-hmm. and and what i say is important and what i feel to be true and important to me you know yeah I, I, I totally feel you on that one. I agree. And you've used a word several times, well, two words, spiritual and sacred in this, in this conversation. And I really feel when you just said that, that this is, this is, it's a spiritual practice for you is what I'm hearing in a way. Yeah. I think um, one of the things that like grounds me or like a scripture or verse that like grounds me um, in like who I am or like my work as a connector is um, this proverb is from Proverbs chapter 20, verse five. And it says, um, the purposes of a man's heart are deep waters, but the person of understanding draws it out or draws them out. And I'm just like, man, that's, you know, that's my life goal right there to be a person of understanding, to be able to like draw out the purposes and plans of people's hearts and um, to see the impact of that, like drawing out and understanding and purpose, like like people understanding their purposes or whatever and living into it is like, I just want to be a part of that, you know? It's really beautiful. (laughs) I'm very touched. So I'm aware that I have um, cap- capitalized on your time here and we're kind of at that place of time that you've given over to us. Um, we have a tradition here at the Sidewalk Talk podcast. We have guests on that I step aside and, and invite you to speak either a wish or words of wisdom directly to the 7,000 listeners that sit on sidewalks all over the world. And so I would ask you, Janiel, what words of wisdom or what wish would you offer directly to them? Yes, my wish is for you all to see and be seen, to create beautiful, vulnerable, sacred space for people and for you to be energized by that space. Gorgeous. I'm feeling so motivated and heartened by those words. Janiel Hill, thank you for 
in, in your busy, busy life, making some a few moments for the rest of us here. And I appreciate the work that you're doing. And I already know that if I lived in New York City, that you and I would be going dancing together. You know it. <laughs> you know it when, you're <laughs> when you're here, we are going out. <laughs> I told you that I like to go to the shrine. So if yes. I'm in New York City, you and I are going dancing. That's yeah, and it. I told you they have some good <laughs> wings there. So I'm <laughs> right near me too. So we are there. <laughs> Thank you so much for your work and for this conversation and to be continued. And I will post information about Janiel Hill in our show notes. And you have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much. I appreciate you allowing me to share this space with you. Take care. Later. Thank you for being here and listening to this episode of the Sidewalk Talk podcast. If you like what you heard, tell your friends, tell your family, like and comment on the podcast publisher that you're listening from and subscribe. This will help us get the word out about changing our culture to one of connection.